2023 is going out with a bang. You got Willie Simmons potentially leaving FAMU. Meanwhile, Texas Southern still has no head coach. Oh, yeah. It's locked on HBCU. Play my music. You are locked on HBCU. Your daily podcast covering HBCU sports. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. What's going on, family? Welcome back to another episode of the Locked on HBCU podcast, your number one daily one-stop shop for everything HBCU athletics, Monday through Friday, part of the Locked on podcast network, your team every day. And I, of course, am Darian Gray, a.k.a. the Mouth of the South, Texas Southern alum and former TSU Herald Sports editor and current contributing writer at USA Today's Saints Wire. Thank you for going on this journey with me, making Locked On HBCU your first listen of the day, every day. And remember, just because the mic cuts off does not mean that the journey is over. Just means it's time to follow me on Twitter at South Exclusives. Starts with an S and ends with an S. Now, today's episode is crazy. Today's episode is crazy. We wrap up today with the HBCU All-Stars National Player of the Week, and that's the only simple thing that we look at in this whole 25 to 30 minutes that we're going to be riding together. Outside of that, we kick it off with Willie Simmons potentially losing or leaving FAMU. After that, we'll look at Texas Southern and why they still don't have a head coach despite the Board of Regents meeting three times at this point. It's all crazy. That was supposed to be my lead segment. But then late, late, late last night, I got the news. Coach Simmons is leaving Florida A&M. And then it got revised to he is considering leaving Florida A&M. And that's where we stand today. I'm recording this at 1127 a.m. Central Standard Time, um, Friday, December 29th. So I'm using my frame of reference at 1129 Central Standard Time. 1129 a.m., I should say at that Central Standard Time. Friday, December 29th. So just so we know where I'm speaking from, if anything happens after that, that ain't here. As long as I press publish before any other news happens, this is still accurate. And if it isn't, then I'll come back and re-record it. But that's how it was where it was. We're working on the fly because we don't know how quickly these things can happen. We've been down this road before. We've been down this Willie Simmons Power Five or FBS, whatever, because it's been multiple schools. It's been Tulane, it's been South Carolina, it's been now Duke. So we've been down this road before. And guess what? We're going to continue going down this road over and over and over until Willie Simmons says, I want to go there because we know that he has consideration. We know that he's considering and we're not the only ones that knows it. So. If he passes up on this job, but we know he considered it, other people will offer him these positions. And Willie Simmons, to me, first off, let's put it out there. This is the farthest that I feel like we went. It feels like this is the only real serious consideration. Sometimes his name was thrown out there. But this Duke job, because he's been offered the Duke running backs coach job. This feels like the deepest we've ever went into this rabbit hole. But I'll say this, in my opinion. 
Willie Simmons is too good of a head coach for people to not seek him out to be on their coaching staff. He just is. But I don't think that this is the job that he should leave for. Coach Willie Simmons has done a phenomenal job at FAMU, right? And he's built himself up enough leverage to be able to wait for the right job if he's going to leave. And for me, the right job is a quarterback's coach job if you're going to go positionally. I know that he's been offered the running back's job at South Carolina. Now he's been offered that job here at Duke. But he's a quarterback's guy. We know that's his strength. So I believe that he should be able to sit back, wait, say, I can get a QB job somewhere else. Or maybe he can get an offensive coordinator job elsewhere. You've seen Jerry Mack, Central to Rice, North Carolina Central to Rice, right? So I think that he could do something very similar. I think he could do something like maybe a head coach on a group of five level. I think that with a couple of more years here at FAMU, he could really make himself an even hotter commodity than he clearly already is. Willie Simmons is a fantastic coach. I'm not going to come on here and write the eulogy. I'm saving some stuff just in case he does leave because I don't want it to be just a wash and repeat of today's segment if he leaves. So I'm not writing the eulogy. I'm telling you, you need to stay, right? Selfishly, selfishly, I want Willie Simmons to stay because I enjoy to cover him. When you listen to him talk, he's always going to give you information. He's going to be honest with you. He's not going to be short with you. And fam, you just better with him. But if I take my selfish side out and I just look at it objectively, I believe that with another year, maybe a couple of more years at FAMU, he'll have even more leverage if he does want to leave. He can be a quarterback's coach. He could be an offensive coordinator. And I think he could even position himself to be a head coach on a group of five level if these next couple of years work out right for him. And for those reasons, I say, wait, I understand that you and Manny Diaz worked together at Middle Tennessee State. I get it. I understand the relationship you got with him and his kid. Like, I think his his son, Diaz's son, is a FAMU grad assistant, right? I understand the relationship and I understand the pool. But for me, the opportunity could be larger. So let's just wait. Let's just hold off. Let's not do it yet. But if he were to leave, I've already seen people connect Ed Reed to him. And it was a report. I can't remember from where. Um, and I could be getting got because Ed Reed's been in everything. Ed Reed has been involved in every single coaching vacancy this offseason in the SWAC except for Southern. That's the only one. He didn't put himself into the, the TSU mix. He's He was in the Grambling mix for real. He didn't do anything with Southern. But then you look at I'm surprised, honestly, if Alcorn didn't say bye to Fred McNair and then welcome in Cedric Thomas immediately, we probably would have seen Ed Reed say, hey, Alcorn, holla at your boy. But like, He's actually been connected to FAMU. Okay, this is interesting. I think the same allure of him at Bethune-Cookman exists with him at FAMU because I know that Miami and Tallahassee ain't, you know, right there next to each other or anything, but it's the state of Florida. And it's that connection to Miami that he would have because he's a legend at the U. So I, I, I get it. I do get it. And it's interesting to see them want to make this splashy higher. But then again, they're a splashy school. So it kind of aligns. But then the other person I got to say is Fred McNair. Because if I were Fred McNair, I'd be interested. If I was FAMU, I'd be interested. Fred McNair does not have a job. And matter of fact, he should have no loyalty to Texas Southern. And I say this as a Texas Southern alum. You see the flag behind me. 
Brett McNair should have no loyalty to Texas Southern. If FAMU comes calling, he should pick up the phone. If FAMU offers, he should accept the job, right? And the passion that I speak with comes from the fact that for the third straight meeting, the Board of Regents have failed to actually, what's it called, confirm or approve. There we go. They have failed to approve any coach. But we know specifically Fred McNair is the person who's on the table. So hopefully Willie Simmons doesn't go anywhere. But if he does, Fred McNair could be an option. Then TSU might have to get on to something. But matter of fact, let's look at that situation and just cross our fingers that Willie doesn't go anywhere as we continue with Locked On HBCU. Today's episode is brought to you by eBay Motors, and eBay Motors is here to help you with anything you need with your car going into the new year. Who wants to go into a new year with a messed up car? I don't, right? So maybe I need a new alternator. Maybe I need new new tires. Maybe I need new, new rims. Maybe I just want to fix up the inside of my car and make it look nice. I've always been infatuated with having LED lights on the inside of my car ever since my guy Mac had them when we were in high school. Or maybe it was right after high school, something like that. I've always been infatuated with that ever since. I could go to eBay Motors, but if we're going with parts, I could go there, put my car into the My Garage section, and I'll be able to get any part guarantee fit for me as long as I put my car in to the My Garage section. So go to ebaymotors.com and check out one of their 120 million parts. That's 120 million parts at your disposal, guaranteed fit for U.S. customers only. As we continue rolling on today's episode of Locked on HBCU, I appreciate you for making this your first listen of the day every day. And remember, whenever you want your second listen, whether it's right after this or a couple of hours later, check out Locked on Sports Today. 24-7, all day, every day, podcast, live stream. No one else has done it. First, check out Locked on Sports Today and subscribe. Now, we looked at one of the potential options for FAMU if Willie Simmons were to depart, and that was Fred McNair. The reason that Fred McNair is still an option for FAMU is because Texas Southern for the third straight meeting has failed to approve Fred McNair. There's one word to describe TSU, and there's one major flaw that has been exposed throughout this situation. First off, I would like to announce that I have entered the transfer portal. I put that on Twitter. I've entered the transfer portal. So if you would like to recruit me to your school, just let me know. Just let me know. You know, these flags, they come in all different schools. They do. I'm always going to be former Texas Southern. Uh, I, know, I already forgot my title. Former Texas Southern, no, TSU Herald, sports editor. I'm always going to be that. But you see, my mind already gone. I don't forgot my titles. So just let me know. Recruit me. My, my recruitment is open. My DMs are open. Um, <laughs> but the word to describe TSU through this process is dysfunctional. And I don't know if saying through this process does it enough justice. It doesn't feel isolated. It feels like TSU can't get out of their own way. I've had multiple people DM me, ask me what's going on. And I got to tell them, I don't know. I don't know what's going on with them. It feels as if TSU just refuses to get out of their own way. Oh, man, we might have a coach. Nah. I ain't rocking with that. No. We can't have a head coach. We we gotta we gotta gamble. We gotta no. You've been bad for two decades. 
Yes, a gamble makes sense, but we've been presented with a solidified head coach. You can take a gamble if you're TSU. I'm okay with that. But when you have a sure thing or what feels like a sure thing in front of you, go ahead and do it. I'm going to be honest with you. Andre Johnson doesn't look like he's trying to make any other attempts at coaching. If Fred McNair goes the Eric Dooley route, Andre Johnson will still be there. Johnson ain't trying to be no position coach. He ain't trying to be no recruiting advisor. He's not trying to be on any part of a collegiate staff. That man said, I want to coach Texas Southern. And I guess what? He'll probably still be here because he's not going to do anything else. He's not going to do anything else. So if in two years it doesn't work, you can still always go back to that. Or like I like to do, just marry the both. Say, hey, Andre, we would love, because why you really want him is for the name purposes. That's why you really want him. Let's be honest. TSU, you really want Andre Johnson because of the name Andre Johnson. Well, just talk to him and say, we would like to bring you on as a wide receiver coach. We'd like to bring you on as an assistant head coach. We'd like to bring you on as the head of recruiting. Whatever it is, you can still have him and Fred McNair together. Now, I don't know if Fred McNair would like to go for that because he might feel like that was option number two and I always got to look over my shoulder. But that's why this is dysfunctional. If you want to use a lesser word, you can say they look bad, but there's no positive adjectives to apply to TSU in this situation. So now you look at the major flaw. The major flaw is that the Board of Regents should not have this much power. They shouldn't. Can somebody tell me why they do? I don't know, man. Like, to me, when you look at the Board of Regents, this is a gross misusage of their power. This is a gross misuse of their power, and it showcases a flaw in what is required. Why do we need a unanimous vote from the Board of Regents? From everything I'm hearing, it seems as if only a couple of people are out. If you got two people who aren't on Fred McNair's side, why are we treating this like a jury where it has to be unanimous? Now the jury's hung. Why do we even need everybody to agree? Let's, you have your person. Kevin Granger brought him in, said, we want Fred McNair. Take a vote. If he's approved, then he's approved. If more people say yes than no, let's go ahead and get it done. This is not Art Bryles. Fred McNair is not Art Bryles. This is not a man who is followed by controversy. When Kevin Granger brings McNair to the table, the Board of Regents to be able to say, okay, 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 yes. What's the deliberation for? Because a couple of people want Andre Johnson? A couple of people? Man, if y'all don't take a vote in majority rules, this doesn't even make sense to me. This is illogical. This is a flaw within the process. You need all of these people to agree on one accord. And if they don't, then we can't approve it. And now we've been through three different meetings. It's not the fact that TSU has had a month long, month and a half at this point, long head coaching search. That could just be being thorough, but we know it's not. It's the fact that everything is played out in the public. See, I might have some relationship issues with my girl, but it ain't in the public, it's private. But if I'm on one of these, these shows and everything's going out now, it's for everybody to consume and everybody to know, and now I look way worse. Meanwhile, my private self, I'm going through whatever me and the miss is going through, and you ain't never going to know. So it doesn't look any kind of way. Optics become reality. You look bad. If 
Willie Simmons leaves FAMU, and Fred McNair says, you know what, I'm going to take the Rattlers job. Matter of fact, they just won a celebration bowl. They're probably in better uh, state than you are right now anyway. Okay. And let's say Andre Johnson saying, uh, I don't really want to do this now. Who's going to want to come here? Matter of fact, if Andre Johnson, Johnson flames out, who's going to want to come here? Who's going to want to come here? Keep your relationship private, Texas Southern. But unfortunately, you didn't. And because this has played out for two weeks in the public eye, you look terrible. You are dysfunctional. And I'm not putting this on Kevin Grange. I'm taking him out. I know he had to come out and give that statement to save face and do all that, whatever. But we know who this is on. This is on the board. This is on the board making this all about themselves. Kevin Granger has brought the board a solid head coaching option with no controversy. Why is the controversy now that you will not hire him? You will not approve him. This is ridiculous. This is ridiculous, and this is extremely dysfunctional. Let's move into something more positive, such as a player who stood out. Matter of fact, I have one on the Division I level and one on the Division II level for HBCU basketball as we continue with Locked On HBCU. Today's episode is brought to you by Prize Picks, and Prize Picks is daily fantasy sports made easy. Just yesterday, or maybe the day before yesterday, one of the two, a friend of mine put in a prize picks entry that had Andre Drummond. Now, I'm not the hugest basketball fan. I didn't know Andre Drummond was still playing, but even he's on prize picks, right? So doesn't matter if it's an Andre Drummond. doesn't matter if it's a Victor Wimbayama. They have everybody on prize picks, and all you have to do, whether it's basketball, football, um, hockey, college sports, whatever, we're in bowl season, so you have those every single day, is you see the projected total. Maybe it's rushing yards. Maybe it's three-pointers. Maybe it's touchdowns. You just pick the more or the less on whatever that is, right? Goals. Are they going to score one, two, right? Whatever you think. More or less than whatever the projected total is. And if you go to prizepicks.com slash locked on college and use the code locked on college, you'll get your first deposit matched up to $100. That's prizepicks.com slash locked on college. As we're wrapping up today's episode of Locked on HBCU, I appreciate you for making this your first listen of the day every day, making all the way to segment three. And I thank you two times for that. Thank you. Thank you. 2023 is going out with a bang and doggone it. We are too. Doggone it. We are too. So whether that's Willie Simmons, whether that's Texas Southern, whatever it's going to be, we're going to go out strong. And now I want to wrap up today's episode in the last episode of the calendar year. With a look at the HBCU All-Stars Player of the Week. I'm thinking about using this to replace um using this to replace the, the ranking, right? Because I don't think they do the basketball rankings. I think that the NCAA rankings that we did every Wednesday, I think that's just a football thing. So I might use this to replace that, but just kind of depends on how it fits in. We'll, we'll try it a couple of times, right? And we'll start off with today because we are getting into basketball season. Conference for MEAC and the SWAC will be starting not next week. I think maybe next week, like on like a Sunday or something, but really going into the, the week of the fifth, then you'll start having um, conference games in the MEAC and the SWAC. But these player of the weeks are courtesy 
the Players of the Week awards are courtesy of HBCU All-Stars. So you have one for the D1 and then one for the D2 rank. So for North Carolina Central's Jadarius Harris, he wins the Player of the Week for the Division One rankings. And both of these players only played one game in this week of the 17th to the 23rd. That's the range that they're looking at. I know we're here on the 29th, but we'd have another one after that. But in this one game that he had, I thought it was interesting because that one game was so important to North Carolina Central. I can't say the same for Bowie State. Well, I guess to a way it was important for Bowie State. So maybe the weight of these games made it to where you only had to play one. But North Carolina Central won their third game in a row, and that third victory leads to them being 500 at 7-7. Seven and seven. But more important than that, they knocked off Longwood. All three of those victories were against non-conference teams, of course. But they knocked off Longwood, who had a 12-game winning streak coming into the game. And then on top of that, they had actually knocked off North Carolina Central earlier in the season. So Longwood is now 12-2. and two. Lost the first game of the season, and they lost their last game to North Carolina Central. In between there, they had 12 straight victories, and Central was one of the 12. But now they're one of the two as well. So when I look at that, I love when you come back and avenge a loss. It's a little bit different when it's in the conference because you know you're probably going to see them again. But when you avenge an out-of-conference loss, you're like, you know, you're not guaranteed to see them. Of course, the way you scheduled it, it happened, but you're not guaranteed to see them on most years. Most times your out-of-conference schedule is filled with teams you only play one time. Conference schedule, you're going to play most of those guys twice. So that's why it's a little bit different to me. But in this game in particular, there wasn't a big difference in how much that Longwood scored. They dropped from 73 to 70, but it was the rise for North Carolina Central. And Jadarius um, Harris also was able to rise. He scored his season high and tied that season high, which he scored once before, of 21 points. But he also paired that with 10 rebounds. So now you're looking at the first double-double of the season for him. And he was pivotal in allowing North Carolina Central to win their third straight game in a row. He was pivotal in allowing them to avenge a loss. And then he was also pivotal in allowing them to... Dang, I just caught a brain fart. Uh, avenge a loss, third construct consecutive victory oh and then also in longwood's um winning streak so all three of those things are important and to me that makes this game a little bit bigger than a normal out of conference game but then you look at Bowie state and that's joel webb who he came into the game has 16 points eight rebounds two assists and three steals so a little bit of everything right he scored his season high of 16 he was able to bring in eight rebounds which wasn't a season high or anything but he was still able to bring down a strong amount of rebounds and he was second on the team in both points and boards. Then you look at two assists, so a, a slight amount of, of uh, facilitation, right? but that's not what he did overly much. Then you come in with three steals, and I think that's the thing that really solidified his performance. Yeah, he had 16 points. Yeah, he had eight boards, but those three steals, now you're affecting the game in three different aspects. Now you're affecting the game in the, your ability to score, your ability to limit second-chance uh, points, and then also – your ability to eliminate first chance points. All three of these things are extremely monumental. He did all of them very well. And along the way, remember I said the game amplifies the performance. Joel Webb did all of this and allowed Bowie State to win their first conference game of the season. So for me, I get the stage that Webb and Harris had, and those are our players of the week given to us by HBCU All-Stars. I'm thinking about continuing this. I don't know what I'm going to do Monday. 
because this Willie Simmons situation is up in the air. That could be solidified and resolved by the weekend. If it is, I'll probably cover that. Um, hopefully, Fred McNair being available and then possibly being a, a, a FAMU target should make TSU say, maybe we do need to go ahead and push this through because I would hate to just not have a coaching option. We could look at that on Monday. I planned on having a, a kind of goodbye to 2023, hello to 2024 type of episode, but who knows? And one thing I would like to add to that, it feels like the Board of Regents is waiting for Fred McNair to say, I'm just going to bow out. That's what I want to add. It seems like they're waiting for him to say, all right, I'm good. I don't want to, I'm not going to go through this process. I'm going to bow out. And then once he bows out, everybody has to agree with Andre Johnson. And I don't like that, but I like you. And I like 2023. I like 2024 more because I think it's going to be an even greater year for me and this podcast. And I'll tell you why as the year continues rolling. But in the meantime, in between time, until the next time that we hear each other, family, take care, stay blessed, stay safe in your new years. Peace.